The presenting sponsor of today's episode is By Night Studios. Prowl New Orleans French Quarter as a vampire during Saturnalia, an immersive experience produced by By Night Studios in partnership with our dear friends, Reverie Studios. They're turning the entire French Quarter into your event space with multiple venues and even an in-character second line. Plus, I was on the writing team for it, so go to VampireLarp.com and get 10% off using code PORTSAGA10 and treat yourself to the quintessential vampire experience. The following episode contains adult content, violence, and explicit language. Listener discretion is advised. Vampire the Masquerade, Port Saga, Episode 13, Deaths Come Due. You might be asking yourself, what exactly is a primogen? It comes from the word primogenitor or primogeniture, something like that. Anyway, it's Latin for the first birth, or in other words, the oldest. Historically, a primogen was the eldest clan member in the city, and they were tasked with advising the prince on matters related to said clan. But in the wake of the beckoning, with elders disappearing to fight each other in parts unknown. That's no longer the case. Now it's more about who a clan loves most or fears more as a leader. At least, that's how I assume it is in other clans. For Malkavians, it can sometimes feel like a claw in a vending machine comes down from the sky and latches onto one of us randomly. In Port Saga, Clan Malkavian was lucky that claw grabbed Lawrence. He was very good at protecting our interests. You see, he was obsessed with patterns. This means on his good nights, he could predict which branch of a tree an owl would land on two weeks in advance. On his less than good nights, he'd insist the owl's hoots were alchemical formulas in Morse code. He had an uncanny ability to see political storms on the horizon and to make sure our clan always had an umbrella. And when I think about it, maybe that's why Dante was so easily convinced Lawrence had discovered his secret experiments and determined his only choice was to kill him. Kid. Hey. Hey, kid. How many of you lost? The four other primogen are staring at me expectantly, and I have no idea why. Did you catch what they wanted? Uh, could, could you repeat the question? Fucking Malkavians. Careful, Edmund. Your clan is just showing. Give it a rest, Marlo. Titus, I have volunteered on behalf of Clan Nosferatu to keep casualty records. How many Malkavians have met their final deaths? Two. Does that include your sire and the executed associate? Their names were Lawrence and Aaron, Zelda. I am aware. Does your count include them? No. In that case, we've lost four. Thank you. How long am I expected to pay the tab for the prince's offensive? Would you prefer Adelaide's strategy of hide and hope the hunters go away? I know I'd prefer to be done with this meeting. I agree with Primogen Sandoval. Call me Anna. Hmm. I agree with Anna. Can we get on with this? I suppose. We have three items left to vote on this evening. The first is an advisory vote recommending Constance of Clan La Sombra as Prince Quill's Principal of Faith. Those in favor of Constance in this role say aye. Clan Nosferatu votes aye. 
Clan Melkavian also votes aye. Being new to Port Saga and unfamiliar with Constance, Clan Shamir abstains. Thank you, Anna. Edmund? Clan Ventru votes aye. And so does Clan Toreador. Aye. There, four eyes and one abstention. Next. Aye. Someone has submitted a formal objection to Prince Quill's edict removing amnesty from Finbloods who seek membership within the Camarilla. This, again, is an advisory vote, meaning Prince Quill is free to ignore it. And frankly, I think we should too. Shocker. Titus, I try to see the best in people, but you certainly make it difficult when you... Get in your feelings. This vote is useless. Someone took the time to submit an objection, and we will do our due diligence to see it through. You mean, we'll be held hostage while you preen? Ah, oh, such a bitter Betty you are. Maybe I just don't like you. You don't have to like me. Not everyone has good taste. Do you two need a moment to compose yourselves? No, they need a room. Can we vote, please? Absolutely. Clan Toreador votes aye. Excuse me, is this a vote to ignore the formal objection? Yes. Then Clan Nosferatu agrees, aye. Clan Shamir votes nay. Ooh, I'm curious. Why? As riveting as it is to bear witness to the cockshaw myopia of the patriarchy in action, Clan Shamir is reluctant to antagonize the thin blood population until we can accurately ascertain their numbers. We are already at war with the Inquisition. Why borrow trouble? Rather, we should pacify the Thin Bloods so we do not meet conflict on two fronts. Hmm, a convincing argument. Clan Nosferazu changes their vote to nay. Well, Clan Ventru votes aye. At which point, Glass gives me a smug smile because he knows which way I'll vote, which way I have to vote. By purchasing my debts from the Prince of Moonlight Bay, he guaranteed I would have to vote with him on any city issue while I acted as primogen. Clan Malkavian votes aye. Excellent. And lastly, in light of the influx of Toreador to Port Saga in support of Prince Quill's reign and the diminished population of Clan Malkavian, we suggest the Malkavians gift a portion of their feeding territory to Clan Toreador. Specifically, um, Victory Beach from the Pier in the North to the Lighthouse in the South. Are you fucking serious? All those in favor say aye. I'll go first. Aye. Clan Nosferatu votes nay. As do the Tremere. Nay. Primogen Glass? Aw, kid. What a night for Ezra to play hooky. Clan Ventru votes aye. All I want to do is leap across the table and fire six rounds down his throat. Clan Malkavian votes aye. Three eyes, two nays. <laughs> Clan Toreador accepts this generous gift of tribute from Clan Malkavian. Yes, Mr. Reed, where is... Ezra. Elsewhere. Are we done? I have somewhere to be. I believe that's it. Good work, everyone. See you in a month. Hey, Edmund. Edmund. Get out of my way, kid. Hey, how long will I have to jump through your fucking hoops? You owed Prince Walsh four years, which I have purchased. 
So unless you want me to have Craven declare you a boon breaker, you will do exactly what I say, when I say it, for the next four years. I'm not some goddamn errand boy. You need me. Do I? Adelaide Hale is in danger. So? I need to get her a message. Titus, I'm only going to say this once. I do not care. I voted to oust her, remember? She's not happy with me, nor should she be. And I have no idea where she is or how to reach her. Now get out of my way and kindly fuck right off. As Glass leaves, my instinct is to be done with that asshole. But the music is fucking with me. And I can't tell if that's because I'm crazy, he's lying, or the Tremere Primogen is standing too close. Christ, why can't you just stick to a single goddamn fucking melody? Oof, I see you're in the midst of a moment. Suppose I could get around you so I could leave? No, I mean, yes, obviously. I, I swear I'm not crazy. It's just that <laughs> there's this music. I'm sure there is. Do you need me to take you somewhere? Call for someone to get you. Out comes the kid gloves and eggshells. Primogen Sandoval, I'm sorry for the Duskborn vote. If I could have, I would have voted with you. Politics is politics. But if you're all right, I'd like to... Why both? Both what? You voted against the Duskborn policy, but you also asked for a delay in Dante's execution. Those two things seem mutually exclusive. I had my reasons for keeping Dante alive. And now? And now there's no threat of death hanging over him. You sound disappointed by that. Death is a powerful motivator. Good night, Mr. Reed. Wait, one last thing. Mr. Reed, please. If you have a point, make it. I wondered if I could take another look at Dante's lab in the Wyth building. Why? I think I missed something. You didn't. I'd really like to anyway. No. But Good night, Mr. Reed. Walking home, I pull my coat tight to shield me from the late-night chill coming off the Atlantic. The rain-slick streets of downtown Port Saga reflect the pinks, greens, and blues from the signs of fine jewelers, designer boutiques, and bistros. But I walk on the other side of the street, the side with pawnbrokers, washeterias, and payday loan shops. I pass hookers and the homeless, each of which makes for pretty unappetizing prey. Not because I think I'm better than them, I'm not. I just can't bring myself to feed on people already picked clean by the dual vultures of corporatism and big pharma. So, despite the fact that hunger tugs at the back of my throat, I keep walking, pretending for a moment to be just a lonely guy who never lived up to his potential. And that's when I hear it. A white van pulls in beside me as four men jump out, grab me, put a bag over my head, and dump me in the back, face first. As the van bucks into motion, I feel a knee in my back as they chain my hands together behind me. I don't fight it. I lay there, taking in what information I can as we weave in and out of heavy traffic. I smell... expensive cologne covering up day-old cigarette smoke and taste blood leaking from a cut on the inside of my cheek. Eventually, I feel the slight lift of a sharp downhill and hear the concrete echo of a parking garage. The van stops hard, and the back doors open. Two sets of hands take me by the arms to get me on my feet. 
Once I'm out of the van, it takes off, and I'm marched into what I can only assume is some sort of freight elevator. The cage closes, and we descend into the earth. When the bag comes off my head, I'm standing in a corporate boardroom at the end of a long table made from a solid slab of black granite with gold and white veins. Around the table sit half a dozen kindred dressed like they just came from a CEO's funeral. Sharp tailored suits and pocket squares, pencil skirts and stilettos. It doesn't take seeing glass and craven among the group to know that I have a half dozen pairs of venture eyes staring at me. And at the other end of the table, seated at its head, is Adelaide Hale. You needed to get a message to me? Yeah, sorry. I didn't know we'd have an audience, and I'm a little caught off guard. Primogen Glass said he had no idea where you were. He lied. Of course. Craven? Good evening, Mr. Reed. I take it you're their man on the inside. Maybe yes, maybe no. Forgive me, but I thought you all hated each other. Yeah, we do. But unlike a bunch of fucking lunatics getting together to slap each other with fish, we know how to keep our shit together for the clan's benefit. (laughs) Mr. Reed, you told Primogen Glass that I was in danger and you needed to get a message to me. You have our complete and undivided attention. Right. Quill wants me to bring you in. Why? I guess so he can kill you. Obviously. But why you? I guess so he can get you to kill me. If I could interject, Adelaide. Go ahead. What's your angle, kid? Why did you want to warn her? Because Quill had Lawrence killed. And? And, I don't know. You don't know? You don't know. So let me get this straight. She executes your friend, has the Banu Akeem chop her fucking head off in front of everyone, charges you two major boons for the pleasure of staying in her city, and then locks you up for being a dumb shit after you took a run at glass over here. And now what? You just forgive her? Water under the bridge? Well, no. Which brings me back to my original question. Why her? Why now? And what are you getting out of this? Because, I don't know. I don't want to be used, and I don't want to get killed? You thought you'd come clean to save your skin. Sure, and you know, I thought you might be interested in returning Hale to her praxis. There it is. You wanted to use your nugget of information to convince us to get rid of Prince Quill for you. Look at those baby vampire teeth grow. Adorable. (laughs) We were aware that Quill wanted me dead, and we were already aware that he had conscripted you to aid him. How do you know? It's still my yacht, Mr. Reed. But I'm glad you said something to Primogen Glass. It saved us from killing you. Oh, I appreciate that. Is that all you wanted? To warn me? And I thought you might be open to teaming up to take down Quill. Us team up with you? (laughs) Yeah, something like that Kid Can you stop with the kid already? Kid, the only thing you can do to help us against Quill Is to stay out of the way Leave it to the professionals We have things well in hand, Mr. Reed Your assistance is appreciated, but not required I've got a problem with that Do you? The prestation I owe you Tonight, at the Primogen meeting I believe Primogen Glass took inappropriate advantage of the situation. Inappropriate? Excessive. Excessive? It's one thing to make my life difficult, but tonight, you stole from my entire clan. Edmund, please explain. 
At the Primogen meeting, Marlowe proposed transferring a substantial portion of the Malkavian feeding territory to the Toreador, and I saw an opportunity. I could have voted with the other council members, but decided it profited us more for the Toreador to believe Quill has the upper hand. But at the expense of my clan, Prince... I mean, Madam Hale. She took the beach from the pier to the lighthouse. The pier, specifically, is one of the few areas in the city more tolerant to, let's say, the feeding habits of colorful characters. Everyone at this table knows my clan can be highly unpredictable. There is no concern more chilling to a table full of Ventru than the idea of a bunch of Malkavians going off script. Perhaps... Perhaps there is something you can do for us. Craven, do you have another candidate for removing the Rook? I do not. What if that candidate was Mr. Reed? I don't hate the idea. What are we talking about? To strike at Quill, Archon Locke must be removed from the board. I'm sorry, you want me to kill an Archon? Yes. How in the hell am I supposed to do that? How am I even supposed to find him? Ruth? To my surprise, the messenger from Grand Courier Service walks in with a glass of blood and sets it in front of Adelaide. I believe you've met Ruth. Hey, Splash House. Wait. You're her ghoul? Have you worked for Hale this whole time? From the beginning. Clever. Archon Locke uses Grand Courier to set up meetings with other kindred in the city. The next time he comes in, I can inform you of the location. This is fucking suicide. Mr. Reed, do this, and I will consider your debts to the Ventru of Port Saga paid in full. The two major I hold over you, and the years you owe Primogen Glass. We're not even going to negotiate this a little bit. No, Edmund, we are not. That is the deal, Mr. Reed. Are you agreed? That's a generous, if dangerous, offer. I'd be a fool not to take it, but can I ask why? Because your sire was one of my dearest friends, and this is an opportunity to pay him back for many years of good counsel. I am sorry, by the way. For what? I couldn't offer my sympathies at his memorial. But I did want to. I appreciate that. Did you know what he was? Before he joined the Camarilla? Of course. Really? I didn't. None of us knew. Not even Ezra. I grew up in the heart of the Harlem Renaissance. And had I stayed in Harlem, I have no doubt my name would have rung through the ages. I know this for certain. But my sire had other plans for me. During the Great Depression... The Sabbat held most of New York City, but the Camarilla clung to Manhattan by its fingernails. To fortify our position, the Justicariate gave Michaela, our acting prince, carte blanche to embrace however many childer she needed, and for those childer to embrace, and so on down the line until she had an army. I was sent to fight and die on the front lines. That is where Lawrence and I met. He was the product of a mass embrace. And I suppose so was I. I nearly killed him. But I didn't. And I'm glad for that. And when he finally divested himself of his membership in the Sabbat to join the Tower as a probationary member, I was honored to sponsor him. Proud of him for joining our coterie. And we were both happy to leave that particular war behind. There's so much I didn't know about him. So much I missed out on because of my fear and pride. So, 
Will you be the knight that captures Alexander's rook? I will. We look forward to your success. Ruth, if you would return Mr. Reed to where we found him. Of course. Ruth walks over to me and removes a thick black hood from her shoulder bag. You can wear this, or we can have someone rip the experience from your mind. Your choice. (laughs) I'll take the hood. A couple of nights later, I head to Moon and Mirror, a fortune-telling parlor. In the window, a neon, all-seeing eye flashes yellow and blue in syncopation with the pink crescent moon and stars that surround it. I'm late for my appointment. As soon as I open the door, the thick scent of incense and burning Palo Santo greets me. Inside, a round table takes up most of the floor space of the tiny shop. On it is a display of pillar candles, crystals, herbs, and charms for sale. There are five other Malkavians in the city, aside from Ezra and me. One works at a mortuary, another is a shrink, there's two others who don't come out much. But then there's Oscar, tarot card reader and psychic medium. While he does have the occasional mystical premonition, he's mostly a fraud with an impressive knack for background research. Hey, Oscar! Oscar steps out of a curtained alcove with his arm around a lovely, if cheerless, woman. She wipes at her tear-stained cheeks and smudged mascara as he walks her to the cash register. I know this process has been difficult, dear, but the first step is shielding yourself from negative psychic attacks. I've put together some items for you. Amethyst, crystal quartz, candles, incense, some black salt. Total comes to 187.34, including tax, of course. She pays with her phone, takes the bag, and squeezes by me to leave. $200 for some crystals and salt? I have to make a living, and she needs to feel invested in her healing. Besides, save your white nighting for someone who needs it. She came out of the divorce with no kids, the house, and an extra 50 Gs. She's going to be fine. In that case, do you have what I asked for? Which one first? Keisha Troy, please. Ah, Miss Keisha Troy. Born 25 years ago. Fourth child to the wealthy Troy family. Earned marginal grades in high school and dropped out of college after a single year. Traveled extensively across the United States and South America. And spent the summer yachting on the Mediterranean before returning to Port Saga. She came back with ties to various illicit organizations, and the few times the DA attempted to connect her to larger criminal outfits. Her family made the investigations go away. Her family's involved in real estate, right? Primarily, see. Is she? While she doesn't sit on the Troy board, she does have a substantial monthly allowance and her own holding company. Details? Hecuba Holdings. Subtle. It's maintained by a small but reputable firm focused on real estate revitalization. What properties does she own? The Port Saga Aquarium, such as it is. A downtown bodega, a garage on Oceanside, a small motel called the Seashore Inn. Also on Oceanside. Her family thinks she's still alive? 
I'd assume so. Any idea how long she's been at Duskborn, or who made her? Hmm, nada. Though, it can't have been more than a handful of years. My money is on whatever ended her Mediterranean escapade. All right, what's behind door number two? Ah, Información de Arcan Coleman Lock. Was harder to get. And, quite frankly, exists much more in the realm of conjecture and second-hand accounts. I don't have his real name, or many hard facts. I understand. Give it to me anyway. He's a Toreador Ansie, a painter of scenic landscapes who joined the Camarilla in the UK and later moved to Paris to study. While in Paris, he saved the life of a prominent Nosferatu, which caught the attention of Archon Federico de Padua. Locke served under de Padua until Molly MacDonald became Justicar of Clan Nosferatu. After that, she promptly appointed Locke as one of her Archons, presumably on de Padua's recommendation. Anything in the last ten years? Locke helped seize Mexico City from the Sabbat. No, by... All accounts, that wasn't much of a fight. Do we know why he's here now? (sighs) Justicars don't telegraph the movements of their archons. Does he... does he have a history with Quill? Alexander Quill has extensive ties to Western Europe. Their timelines aligned in several areas, and they are distantly related as descendants of Prince Villon. So, si, es posible. (laughs) Anything else on him? He's patient. Pragmatic, and an accomplished duelist. If he served with De Padua, he'd have to be. Excuse me, do you have a phone? Sure. You have one new message at 11.02 p.m. Splash House. Whitebrook will be at the boardwalk in one hour. Whitebrook, boardwalk, one hour. Message deleted. Thank you, Oscar. Can I interest you in a few moonstones before you go? Do you have anything for luck? Because I need all I can get. Unlike the rest of the city, the Port Saga boardwalk thrives. As the city's main tourist attraction, the powers that be keep pouring money into it. I had my first date here as a teenager. I didn't have friends in high school. I was too unsocialized, I guess. But my senior year, this group of guys asked me to come along with them. So I went. I thought we were all just hanging out until I was stuck at the top of the Ferris wheel with Kyle Wheaton. I didn't dare make a move. But he did. And it's true. You never forget your first kiss. Invisible, I weave through the crowds, which, after midnight, are starting to dissipate. I eventually find Archon Locke down by the seawall. Zelda is next to him, wearing a billowy caftan and floppy sun hat. I stay out of view and listen in with my heightened hearing. Why did you want to meet here, in a public place? I needed to ensure you wouldn't make a scene. I paint them, not make them, dear. 
Cole, dear, your face is far too handsome to show this much distress. Perhaps that is because it would seem your plan has gone a bit pear-shaped. A plan is a list of things that rarely happen. You gave assurances. What precisely is your concern? Our concern is that instead of a peaceful praxis, we have a war against the Second Inquisition, and thin bloods being rounded up for who knows what. And? And you promised us you could facilitate change. Which I did. But the aftermath was never discussed. The lack of detail in your request is your issue, not mine. We aren't here for word games. Her Grace may appreciate your efforts, but there are limits. When the Prince declares open war on the Inquisition, this attracts attention. When the Prince imprisons Thinbloods, including those who have accepted the brand, this also attracts attention. Attention leads to action and actions lead to revolts that jeopardize our entire bloody agenda. Alexander is an elder. No one has the strength to remove him, not politically and not physically. No one on their own, perhaps, but together. All you need from him is a single vote at Conclave. He can survive that long. He better. He will. But if it alleviates Her Grace's concern, I will speak with him. Now, shall we get a bite? We could sink our teeth into a pair of delicious-looking carnies I spied working the merry-go-round. Ugh, I've lost my appetite. Your loss. Zelda moves, and in a blink, she vanishes. I stay and observe Locke shaking his head as he walks to the waterline. And then suddenly, he stops. He stares into the midnight horizon losing himself in the moon's glow as the Atlantic's white foam waves roll into shore. Quietly and carefully, I step behind him, still hidden in my obfuscation. At this range, I can't miss. Two shots, maybe three with my dragon's breath rounds. And then it's done. I'm free. Whew. I take a long, unnecessary breath aim my gun at the back of the Archon's head, and pull back the hammer. Vampire the Masquerade, Port Saga. Created by Rachel J. Wilkinson, with voice performances by Dane Geist, Marta De Silva, Kalina Anderson, Michelle Wynn Bradley, Riley Silverman, Greg Berry, Avon Gonzalez, Brad Hardwick, Ken Pickering, and Janika Rector. Sound design by Rachel J. Wilkinson. Mixing and mastering by Brandon Strader. Portions of this podcast are the copyrights and trademarks of Paradox Interactive AB and are used with permission, all rights reserved. For more information, please visit worldofdarkness.com.